You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow, and it's the double-headed dream team edition tonight, as always on a Thursday. David Shapiro, Assassin Securities, Viv Governor from Rand Swiss, and a lot to talk about, gentlemen. And I know you've been watching this market closely today, David. So, what on earth has happened today? <laughs> uh, in, the, in the US, we're going down again, and I, here comes my big gripe. I mean, I listened to Powell last night, and I'm quite yeah. conscientious when I listen to him. You know, because I try to pick up what he's saying, because that's the way I learn by by hopefully listening to him. Yes. And after half an hour, I had no idea what he was saying. You know, I was trying to say, was he bullish? Was he bearish? I wasn't right. Then came the questions, and I knew that he'd be trapped. You know, in other words, I knew something would come out. And you watch the market, Lindsay, and, and I, you have to answer, or Viv has to answer, how do the markets respond literally uh, in a nanosecond? You know, a comment comes out and you'll see the market take off. Another comment comes out and the market goes plunging. How do they get those orders so fast? You know, I mean, what buttons do they press? But anyway, when he was asked that one question, you know, things were going up and down. I wasn't quite sure whether he was hawkish or dovish or what the next move was. It did seem to be slightly dovish. And then, when he came out with that one comment that, um, you know, that, that they won't be reducing interest rates and rates will stay up, the market just took a plunge. But the one thing that worries me, and, you know, this is where I'd, you know, I'd like to take the discussion or find out a bit more. Yes. He gave comfort on the banks. He gave, you know, that things are fine. And he was talking about <laughs> some of the smaller banks and the need for them you know, in a in a system because sometimes you need some of those smaller banks to look after perhaps some of the more smaller clients, you know, or regional clients. And today we find more pressure on some of those banks. I'm saying, hold on, this is this is not there's no comfort here. Something is decidedly wrong, which they have missed. And that concerns me, you know, that that underneath there seems to be things simmering in the banking industry. And it's not comfortable. It's not. And, and David, you know, what, what concerns to, me is that there is confusion. You listen to Powell say one yeah. thing. You listen to Powell saying another thing. Your interpretation may be difficult to the, to the rest of the market participants. I sort of bet on you because you've been in the market for decades. You've seen it all before. You've read the signals before. Mm. You've seen people talking. You've seen speeches. You've seen people lying. Yeah. You've seen people telling the truth and being transparent. But if you're confused, then the whole market is confused. And Viv, yeah. come to you now. A market participant participants hate confusion they hate uncertainty and Viv, i don't know let, let me put this to you the us gdp latest print was 1.1 percent increase in the last quarter it's not particularly good the jobless claims are going up okay the adp number was a bit of a blockbuster but maybe that's an aberration i don't know but the housing market is coming down the ism number yeah. is still relatively subdued inflation has halved from let's call it by rounding up or down 10 percent to five percent in the US economy. So he had a difficult job, Mr. Powell, Viv, and I don't know, as David doesn't, and probably nobody else does, what the next move is gonna be. Is it gonna be down? Because the US dollar is certainly saying, yes, it's gonna be down. That's why we are under pressure against, for example, the euro. Viv, over to you on this one. Yeah, look, I mean, the one thing I found funny about the speech talking about, you know, uh, you know, we, we think we, we're coming to the end here when, you know, PacWest Bank Corp, uh, which is a bank now with a $300 million market cap, which was five days ago, a couple billion dollars, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, down 70% in five days. Uh, 
that, that thing is down again. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you're in a situation right now where there is something happening with these banks and they are not controlling it. Uh, you know, maybe they have to come out and just say the FDIC insurance, all banks are backed to the full credibility. Because right now we know that JP Morgan is backed, is getting these special sweetheart deals. You know, I don't know if you remember, I know this, but uh, you know, a bank can't have more than, I believe, 10% of the insurable mm. assets in the system, okay? Uh, no bank can acquire another bank if, if the resulting bank will have more than 10%. JP Morgan had more than 10% before it acquired uh, the First Republic, but it was still giving it, and was also given an 80% protection from any losses, uh, you know? Um, and when yeah. asked why, this was the best deal. It was the deal on the tables. Mm. It's it's a case of they would have had these problems if they came out and just said, okay, yeah, we're changing the system. Right now, you're going to be back to the max. Uh, maybe that might be disappeared later on, but for like, like a period of time, every bank is back to the max, you know what I mean, uh, of all deposits. And I think that might have been something that they could do. At the current rate, it looks pretty clear that you'd be foolish to not be in only the big four banks in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's where they're going, though. <laughs> that's yeah. that you know that's I mean Viv, uh, Lindsay. I mean, in all fairness, you've saved your whole life and you've got fifty thousand dollars. I know. Okay, that might be protected. What I'm trying to say is, for people who can't afford to to take big losses or institutional, of course they're going to run. Of course they're going to run to to larger banks. You know, we see it here all the time where people are far more comfortable regardless putting their money with APSA or whatever rather than some of the small banks simply because they can't afford lo- any kind of losses. I, what, 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 where I'm getting at, uh, Lindsay, is that mm-hmm. is, is, is he out of, you know, is he out of sync? Is he out of con- not control? Is he, uh, uh, you know, does he not pick this up? Are they so committed and to their 2% target, you know, because that's all they talk about, that they don't realize, hold on a sec, this is not all good. Maybe maybe he's worried if he says something, you know, it'll be even worse. But, uh, you know, if he starts to worry about the banks or doesn't do anything. But I just finding it very, very odd because I, I don't like the way that, that the markets are, you know, are responding at a time where, He's coming to the end of rate increases. He's saying, I don't, you know, each day there's another little bank, boom, you know, gone. Another one, boom, gone. You know, we've, we're down. Yes, it started with um, Silicon Valley Bank, and I can't remember the other yeah. one. Was it First Republic or First something? First Republic. Is the First bank. Republic. Yeah. And that was taken That was yeah. taken over by one of the Morgans. I can't remember whether J.P. Hmm. Morgan or J.P. Morgan. Yeah. J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Exactly. But I think that's a good thing. I think it's like you have a fire on on Table Mountain. You get rid of all the rubbish and the strong stuff, the, the fame boss, stays and blooms and gets even stronger. I think it's a good thing to get rid of these uh, scammy lenders who haven't hedged themselves enough for a rising interest rate environment. <laughs> so I don't mind as long as the depositors get their money back, as long as the Fed steps in and guarantees those monies that they've been you know, enticed um, into the depositing there, therefore the bigger banks will do well. And I don't mind that at all. But it's just the confusion and... And um, the, the lack of clarity mm. from Jay Powell, he's not the greatest communicator in the world, let's face no. it. No. <laughs> he looks bored. He looks, do you know what I mean? There's no enthusiasm. He gets out in front of the audience. He looks very bored. So he's tired of all of this and, and delivers his message. I'm saying, hold on, the whole world is watching you. You know, uh, we, we would rather be watching football, but unfortunately, <laughs> we have to watch you. Yeah. Mm.
<laughs> I wasn't like that. Yeah, last night. I, did, I have to yeah. admit, I did keep switching. So anyway, yeah. all right. <laughs> just, I mean, I just want to add a bit of thing there. I mean, Silicon Valley Bank is called Silicon Valley Bank because it was the financial <laughs> bank for yeah. all these founders. I mean, yeah. th there's a reason that you have like Silicon Valley existing in the US and not in other parts of the world. Mm. It's these regional banks are specialists in special industries, and they basically are, are meant to be, you know, out there trying to finance things, and they know what certain industries look like and how to finance, how to deal with people, and the whole process. You know what I mean? And these aren't small banks in other parts of the world, like South Africa. They'd be the biggest banks. You know what I mean? Uh, so these are not scammy banks. And they, what what happened there was they were taken on the back foot because of the. Yeah. Uh, interested hikes happening. JP Morgan would have been taken down as well in, in, in some circumstances around some of these things. Yes. But the thing is that what the US government has done is said, oh, these four big banks, no, we are going to protect you no matter what. Uh, you know, you're never going to go bankrupt. Your deposits are never going to lose money. Um, and in that environment where, you know, you have these protected entities and banking is all about trust and if the government backing certain entities and not others, what's going to happen is you're going to have this this discrepancy, this, 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 this advantage. And JP Morgan right now is hoovering up all these assets and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have a situation in a few years' time where, like, the U.S. has four big banks. Oh. And I don't know if the U.S. economy functions with four big banks because, no. like I said, there's a reason that you don't have Silicon Valley in any other part of the world. Yeah, he did say that he doesn't want, they don't want big banks to do big deals. But in this case, uh, it was the best for the situation. In other words, you know, admitting, listen, we had to let it go. Yes, exactly like uh, you, anyway. the, the Swiss yeah. bank situation, U, U, yeah. UBS and yeah. Credit Suisse. Yeah. I didn't mean to say scammy in that way, uh, Viv. I know yeah. what you're saying, yeah. Viv, but on the other hand, mm. I believe that these banks, the only reason that they have existed and flourished, not existed, but flourished over the last few years is because of ultra low interest rates and they got complacent. That's all I'm saying. And if you become complacent as a banker, you're just lending to anyone. I could walk in there and say, look, I've yeah. got this podcast thing going on here and uh, I reckon I could do well in the United States. I've just emigrated and they say, fine, here's a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Let's do it. That is the type of situation that I envisioned in my fertile imagination, Viv. So they're not scamming people. They just became a little bit too sanguine about the existence of low interest rates in perpetuity. Viv, this is where you come yeah, in. Look, I mean, yeah, uh, look, I mean, yeah, look, yeah, it's it's very hard to blame somebody for assuming something's going to happen for every year for forty years. This is what happened, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for forty years there was a certain pattern, and it gets broken after forty years. You know, you, you got to be like assuming, like you know, if you get like you know. We would take it off. Uh, every single time something like this has happened in the past, the government has done something different about it. And this is the first time they've done something like this. You know what I mean? Uh, so it, it it is on that point of view. And remember, like banks basically operate on efficiency. If you basically just always give them the stability, they're going to have to be more and more efficient. If you're competitive, you can't be, you know, putting too much fat on, this, on, this, on, the, on your company because you're not going to be as efficient as the other guy. But again, if there's fat in the company, if there's a bit of a, no fat in the company, if there's a bit of a famine, you're going to starve to death. And that's what's happening here. You've gotten 40 years of a pattern being broken. And that's, you know, obviously something to be done. If you're going to be breaking the pattern, because that's what the government's doing, that's what the Reserve Bank is doing in the U.S., they're breaking this pattern. They should basically be looking to make sure that they don't kill these these uh, these banks. Because like Jerome Powell said, they don't want it to happen. In longer term, it's not good for the U.S. to have four big banks all back to the hilt by the U.S. government. And like I said, the reason that these smaller banks are failing is not because they are worse off than a JP Morgan. It's because JP Morgan is backed by the U.S. government. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so that, that's that's the thing. Uh, and look, it's 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 been handled badly. Uh, like David said, yeah, this is the best thing to be done at right now. But it's like going to your surgeon and saying, "Oh, you you cut up my leg." It was the best thing to be done. Not realizing he basically could have treated the actual wound <laughs> a few months ago and not caused the leg to be cut off. If Ron Paul had been more aggressive when this was first starting off here yeah. and coming out with ridiculous backing to these people and so on. I mean, and, and it's not so much about individuals. It's companies. How many companies in the world? You know, of reasonable size can survive without what a couple hundred thousand in, in in basically backing from the government in terms of deposits. You know, you have payrolls to do. You have all these other things to do. Uh, why not make your life easy and just go to J.P. Morgan? And that, that's every reasonably sized company is going to do that. And you know, the smaller banks can't just survive on just basically individuals. You know, they have to need some of these corporate business as well. Okay, that, that was a very very interesting discussion, I must say. Okay, let's go. In come the meantime, in the meantime, the, things have been in happening meantime, in South no, Africa, no. and I was very yeah, facetious. No, the meantime, yeah. Sorry, just just on that, and this is why the other signs that are emerging. Have a look at your oil prices. Have oh, a look yeah, at I your know. bond yields there as well. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to end off on that. Because, no, no, it's, you're uh, quite that's right. All, that's that's very, you know the. I mean, your tenure now is 332. 332. Mm. 332. Down another 1.7 points now. We were, I mentioned it yesterday, I can't remember where we were, but we were at 408 in the beginning of March. So, I mean, that's a full 25% off. Yes. Uh, plus, yeah. Anyway, or thereabouts, whatever. But so the market's saying to you, hold on a sec, we're slowing down a lot. <laughs> Things are slowing down. Yeah, there's a uh, mini recession uh, coming in the United States. Uh, well, not uh, mini, anyway. um, another four-letter word beginning yeah. with M, mild yeah. recession coming, hopefully just yeah. mild. Let's talk, go to South Africa now. And I was facetious okay. at the start of the interview by saying David had been glued to a screen and reading stories, <laughs> etc. because he hasn't been. He's been busy doing other things, important work, of course. But David, I have to, I have to ask you these questions because they're stock-specific, and that's your field, not uh, Viv's today. Pick and pay. Share price down eight and a half percent. Horrible. Famous brands. Ten oh. years. Mm. Ten year low. Oh my goodness. Ten year really? low. Really, I didn't realise it was that yeah. that serious. Yeah. Tell ten me about pick low. and pay before we get on to the other ones. Well, you know, I, they've got this new strategy which I can't pronounce, which I don't know uh, what it's supposed to do. You know, they're trying to spread their their business across all the different income groups. Um, I don't know why they are performing. I'm not a retail specialist in that, but it just seems to the market has absolutely slaughtered them for, uh, you know, for for their profits for where they are. And I, t I looked at it, you know, pick and pay at one time, even before Viv entered the market. Mm. You know, when he was still a little boy in those short grey pants. <laughs> Wait, was, was just, sorry, <laughs> did, did you have to say that? He <laughs> <laughs> was a little boy. Let's leave it at that. Not what he was wearing, please. Oh, the small boy shot your pants. Now. Yeah. Were you? <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> but but uh, Pick and Pay was actually one of these iconic brands on the JSC that set the pace. Their multiples, their PE, was significantly above any other retailer, above any other consumer company. You know, it was the – it set the tone. It was the benchmark. That's who pick and pay were. And when I look at them now, over the last 10 years, you're back where you started. So can you imagine the value destroyed mm. in, this, in this company? And that's in RAND terms. If we put it in dollars, I don't know where it is. You know what? I don't know what you would have got. Anybody holding pick and pay 
uh, would probably be worth nothing over 10 years. Look at the difference so, between ShopRite and, and Pick and Pay's mm, performance. Yeah, I, mean, you, yeah. you, I mean, David, you're, you haven't got time to do so now, but you could put up a graph uh, to give the relative performance yeah. of both of those well, if, share if, prices. If talk, I will do that. <laughs> okay, well, Viv talks. Yeah, Viv, the, the Pick and Pay story is an interesting one, and not because of the company-specific yeah. aspect to this, although that is quite mm. fascinating. It's also the people that keep on boring on to, not boring on yeah. to me again, I'm being unkind, People Viv, that keep on saying to me, look at the value in South African specific stocks. And uh, all yeah. I would say to them is, okay, yeah, pick and pay, as David Shapiro told me last yeah. night on this program. Yeah, pick and pay. Yes, you're quite right. It's the cheapest in 10 years. In a year's time, will it be the cheapest in 11 years? Viv, what do you think about the South African stock situation while David is putting up a relative graph? Uh, well, I mean, I can tell you the numbers. It's five years. ShopRite's down about 10, 12%. Pick and pay's down 50, five years. Uh, so that is a, uh, look, it's, it's yeah. I, I was, I used to work with an analyst, a brilliant guy called uh, Alec here, and he used to tell me about this whole, uh, you know, the, he was focused on the retail sector. And uh, he would come out and, and, and say, basically, what happened is pick and pay just got the efficiencies wrong. And ShopRite was just so much better at getting stuff to think because the, shop, the shopping companies are not so much, you know, shops. They are actually logistical companies. Yeah. They deliver stuff to the shops at the right times, the right thing, whatever. Yeah. And so the logistics is what matters around them. And that is something I think pick and pay was with the distribution centers and stuff got a bit wrong. And more recently, of course, they've had more and more issues. Uh, look, the South African consumers under pressure. If you're going to be selling to them, you're going to be you know, obviously cutting things. At the same time, you're also going to be spending more money because, you know, there's load shedding and there's all these other issues in the in the cards here. And so, yeah, I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, to a certain extent, it's, it's self-inflicted, but to a certain extent, this is also the economy they're dealing with. You know what I mean? Uh, and you, and you, you're not going to you... like this, Lindsay. It's just to have said over the last five years, I don't know if you're looking at a chart. Go on. But, yeah. but Lindsay, over five years, and I'm using, I go exactly back five years today. So if you put 100 rand, I like to explain it this way rather. Oh, I love if that. If you put yeah. 100 rand into pick and pay, yep. today it's worth 47 rand. No. 100 <laughs> rand in pick and pay over five years is worth 47 rand. Hold on. 100, 100 rand in ShopRite is worth 87 rand. So you're down as well, but certainly not the same. But I mean, if we look at the last two years, uh, three years, over the last three years, uh, pick and pay has absolutely creamed. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Shoprite has absolutely creamed pick and pay. I'm going to do that for you now, as we, you know. So over a five-year period, yeah. So over, oh, oh, here you are. So over a three-year period, again, using that same uh, measure, yes. 100 rand in 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 Shoprite would give you 298 rand or two. Sorry, I can't see that figure. It's in a funny green. Are you all right there, David? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, this is where the last three years, it's, it's, it's worth about, sorry, it's 200 rand. There you are. So it's doubled in three years. 200 rand doubled in three years. What about pick and pay? Pick and pay, 65 rand. No. 100 rand equals 65, down 35%. So that's, yeah. that's, where, that's where the big moves have been taken. And that's the last three years. You know, this is what we've seen uh, with current pick, with current uh, shoprite management versus current. Well, pick the, and the management at Pick and Pay. I will go back to a chap called Richard Brasher, who was brought in. I think it was yeah. from Tesco's. I don't know. Yeah. I never found him very personable. I mean, I, I, I didn't dislike him or anything, and I had many, many interviews with him. But 
did it start pre-Bracia, post-Bracia, during Bracia? What, David? Because you like the CEO story. You you like personalities. I, and and how? Um, I'm I'm not sure. This is not reflected. I don't know how long ago uh, Brasha was here, but I mean, if we go back 10 years, I'm just going to get it. Yes, they were, if the Brasher period was from 13 to 18, that's when it hit its peak, the campaign. From then on, oh. it's from 2018 that it's just gone in a heap. Hmm. So that might have been his recovery period when he did. I, Viv, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. Pick, the same thing, strangely enough, uh, ShopRite did pretty well and then came down in that 18, 19, and 20 period, but has picked up uh, quite a lot since then. So the last three years has been you know, a lot of turnaround in, in uh, ShopRite. Yeah. Doesn't pay. Yeah. It just reinforces exactly what you said there, Lindsay, about long-term, you know, um, returns in the South African market, you know, uh, if you've been in there for a long time. But remember that that if you're in negative territory, the opportunity costs that you've lost, and also if you convert it to a, a foreign currency, it's, it's uh, you know, in my mind, it's been a disaster. Yes, it has been. Yeah. Okay, it's just another couple of, of uh, indulge me here with David. I just want to mention something here. Uh, yes. Guys, year to date, ShopRite down 6%, pick and pay down 35 Year to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What and, are they I understand wrong? as well. I mean, yeah, and and understand as well. You know, these these companies deal directly with inflation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you talk about a company that's fallen fifty five percent, you know, this is an environment where its its products have increased in price. Mm -hmm. You know, probably in the region of thirty percent in that period of the time. You know what I mean? Uh, so you're looking at, at a company selling, you know, technically 30% more stuff being worth half as much in like, you know, in, in like uh, current runs. It's a, it's a shocking, uh, you know, turnaround for the company. Yeah. Okay. Um, David, a couple of other ones very briefly, a famous brands up three and three quarters percent. I know the home delivery service thing is yeah. very, very big, mm -hmm. but I also sense something different in the way that people are uh, consuming yeah. their food. I mean, yeah. we've been talking about food yeah. purveyors, i.e. Uh -huh. uh, pick and pay and shop, right. But on the other hand, you know, just phoning these people up or, popping around the corner and getting something is so much easier. I don't know. Is, is it just me? I don't know how often you do that yourself, but I think Famous Brands no, is poised for greatness, yeah. actually. Uh, well, it's come from a very low base. You know, it's come from uh, lockdown and um, other issues. They do have – there's still a lot of issues in those businesses, Lindsay, and I think um, while this is a good number, I, I don't think we're fully discounting what these food companies or food retailers are suffering um, in the sense that not only are their shops having to pay more, keep them open with load shedding. Lindsay, I promise you, you're not here. Viv is here. This morning, we were promised load shedding 8 till 10. Yeah. It came on 8 to 12. You know what I mean? You, you're out four hours. Can you imagine the impact on some small store that is trying to make coffee or to grill a steak, whatever it is? And you can't grill a steak on a <laughs> you can't grill a steak on an inverter. You know, it's no. got to be a it, it, it's got to be a generator. It's got to generate a lot of power. A lot of heat comes out there. So I yeah. and then they're going to find the food inflation hitting them as well. You know, which has been because it, 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 there's a whole interaction between these things because the food producers have also been hurt by by load shedding and so on. So. I, you know, I think I, I think a lot of South African businesses in the retail consumer side, uh, including the banks, are going to feel a lot of pinch. 
Okay, let me give you some prices now, gentlemen, because there's been an awful lot of action today. And not spectacular, but uh, certainly significant, I think. I've got the round at 18.33 against the US dollar. That's a slight gain for the US dollar. The British pound against the round is 23.04. Again, a slight gain for the pound. And the euro rand is slightly better as well, at 2017. With the euro dollar, 110.05, barely changed from last night, despite the Fed. Gosh, so many gold bugs are jumping up and down and going down the pub and, and celebrating the fact that the gold price is just below 2050, which is up around about a percent. Was better earlier on. Palladium is up $5, barely changed. Platinum is exactly unchanged at 10.49. Now, the interesting thing about the capital markets follows. They're coming down. Yield wise south african 10 year 1009 which is three and a half basis points weaker yield wise us 10 year yeah just below 332 which is a two and a half percent move if you got that in the dow jones on the nasdaq or anything like that uh, people would be concerned on to other commodities west texas crude 68.63 unchanged brent crude oil has actually rallied suddenly by 0.7 percent to 72 dollars 83 natural gas prices down nearly two percent what else have we got steel down 3.2 percent that tells you something coal down half a percent iron ore down two and three quarters percent yeah. i think yeah. that's that's quite a big one it's, it's at 100 i was looking at the futures oh. price now it's about 100 yeah yeah i've got the spot price which is updates about once a century so i, yeah, I know, I know. It's, <laughs> it's useless because it's singapore and china it's not uh, it's west i mean it's east it's not mm. so you don't get it updated all, all the time very difficult to find it yeah sp 500 futures 4082 down 0.6 percent after a fall last night but it, it's still mid-range gentlemen it is in mm. the middle of the range so it Maybe it'll just do that for the rest of the year. Who knows? Obviously unlikely. Uh, Bitcoin is... Why do I have to do this? As Charlie Munger would say, in fact, I'm going to call Bitcoin rat poison in future after Mr. Munger. 2.6% uh, higher, tw just below 29,000. And David, you're going to give us your stocks of the day, up or down, please. Oh, yeah. We've, we've mentioned a number of them now. Yeah. Um, yeah, already... Uh, on the, in the, which I call the top 80. I mean, it's all gold. I know, gold that's, that's great. I, I wanted to entice you into that yeah. argument, yeah. Because you don't like gold. Sure. You don't, you you know, don't like it. You just no, don't, no, you, no, you don't no, want to invest no, in I, it. No, I just, I look at the goldfields chart and I start to get vertigo. You know, I just, oh, <laughs> I, you know, I just, I just, that's just gone up uh, like a rocket. And, you know, when charts go up like that, that's the scariest thing. You don't buy, you know, you don't buy at the peak. I mean, it's literally, and that's what's worrying me about it. Anglo Gold, all of them are showing the same kind of uh, characteristics. So while the gold price is going up, gold shares are just, you know, just unstoppable. And we know, we've seen it so many times before, that when it starts to fall, boy, it falls fast. So yeah. um, while I'm thrilled because it is giving our market an underpin, um, you know, we're in a bit scary territory. I think the one that I – so it's Durban, Anglos, Goldfields, Harmony with the one. The one that's interesting came out with their numbers today was uh, Anheuser-Busch, where they came out with a quarter update where their, their sales volume – sorry, sale value – because they put up prices, you know, on their premium brands and so on, I think uh, were better than expected. So that share's been up a bit. It hasn't been a great performance since it bought breweries and that. And outside of that, it's Amplex and, uh, you know, a lot of other gold shares. And at the bottom, of course, the bottom pick and pay. is Pick and Pay and Machini and Trueworth and uh, Tangela for some reason or not. I don't know why. That's the one 
suppose on the on energy prices, yeah. Okay, I'll. Um, you sound as though you're in a corner shop, David, and someone just come in and you're you're no. you're, you're playing the till no, there, or is that Viv? It's raining like anything outside. Oh, I you see. can't believe it. There's a massive cloud overhanging us. In Could so many all, ways, uh, yeah. Uh, the yeah. one thing about goldfields, and I'm, my, I've done well on natural gas and oil in my fictitious hedge fund this year, I'm starting to look at gold shares and saying when everyone's talking about it enthusiastically and when you get this parabolic rise, which gives you vertigo, I think it's now the time to start easing out of gold mm -hmm. shares. Mm -hmm. And one of the other reasons is, a contrary indicator, the PIC has now upped its stake in goldfields to 15.3%. <laughs> Not being nasty about the PIC managers at all, <laughs> but it is sometimes a contrary indicator. So they've done very well there. Okay, I've got mine before we go to whoa, Viv. Whoa. And, yeah, go on. That was, that was lightning. Could you hear it? Yeah, I can hear everything there. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, the rain's beginning to get as well. thunderstorm, yeah. DRD Gold up 11 and 3 quarters percent. Mm -hmm. Just as an aside, uh, sorry to uh, sideline you here again, Viv. David, do you remember uh, Dr. Clive Roffey? He was, yes. he was a right. lovable rogue, yeah. wasn't he? Really? Yeah. yeah. He would always say to me, even when it was six, uh, six rand a share or something, he said, he said, DRD Gold, I think, is going to 50 rand a share. Well, he's, he's halfway there. Uh, he, he died in tragic circumstances a few years ago. But he was so enthusiastic. Not everyone's cup of tea, but I liked him. Pan-African Resources up nearly 11%. Anglo Gold Ashanti up over 8%. Goldfields, the aforementioned, up 7.1%. Harmony up 6 and 2 thirds percent. Goodness me. What a board for the old school uh, gold bugs. On the downside, Montauk down 9.5%. Pick and pay, nearly 9.2% weaker. TFG down 5.6%. Retailer, Tungela, 4 and 3 quarters cent down. So is Trueworth. So two retailers also doing that. Viv, your, Viv, your attitude towards gold shares please yeah look i mean if we're entering an unstable environment where china and india are a big part of the global economy gold's going to do well those two economies love gold uh, love gold more than anywhere else in the world and so if things are turning a bit crazy a bit uncertain you're gonna find a lot of demand coming through at the same time i think gold uh, really benefits from the fact that bitcoin has disappeared to such extent that you talked about <laughs> uh, i think it was substituting goals uh, you know for gold uh, for a lot of people uh, the same kind of person that bought gold would buy bitcoin uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so I think yeah. it, it, it's looking really like you know positive right now. And the gold has many, many times and often like decade-long periods where they do very well. Uh, so it, don't count the elemental out just yet. Okay, very good, David. The closing indices, please, on the JSE, and also a couple of Wall Street updates, if you would. Yeah, well, we closed down 1.21 percent. That was the all share index. Uh, the uh, resources strange were up on those gold shares, so yeah. the resource index up around about one and a quarter percent, but the rest of the market down. So banks down 3%, your uh, consumer side, your consumer industrials down about 2%, property down 1.8%, lifted by, to an extent, by uh, Anheuser-Busch. Uh, but, but overall, a weekday. And Lindsay, and, and I don't know, you know, Viv, Viv watches this closely as well. I've, lo I've noticed that, that SA shares are coming under uh, more and more pressure. You know, it's overshadowed by the gold and some of the miners uh, on a day-to-day -day basis uh, and some of the bigger businesses that are outside of South Africa or Rand Hedge, whatever you want to call them. But locally, I've seen quite a bit of selling and weakness in, in SA Inc. shares for mm. the reasons we mentioned, you know, for um, increasing costs, uh, inflation, load shedding, shrinking margins. All of these things, I think, are starting to 
to play out. Listen to that noise. Yeah, it's extraordinary, that storm. Very dramatic. I miss those, actually. Okay. Value trading, please, David. Yeah. Go on, Viv. I don't even saw the article from Magda from Signia. Yes. Where she says, basically, South Africa has basically crossed the line into a failed state. That's like, I mean, she was seriously, like, you know, major business person in South Africa. And she said, you know, for her to come out and with such a, you know, a statement, uh, it is quite, you know, uh, dramatic. But I mean, quite frankly, we talk about level eight load shedding going into winter, and this the new level eight, not what the old level eight was. Uh, you know, it's going to be a very, very tough few months in South Africa, quite frankly. Yeah, I think it is. Um, okay. Stocked up with gas. I'm cooking on gas. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm, exactly. I'm just writing this down now, gentlemen. I want your buy-in on this one. Failed state. Have we seen it all before? Magda, I will invite a person, <laughs> our friend Wayne McCurry. David said it's not a failed state. We've seen it all before, etc. I love living in this place. And he does. And, that, and, and that's great. So he's going to be the antithesis of Magda. And of course, you two will come in if you do agree. So it'll be like a five-way uh, podcast. Well, I think it would be fascinating. Anyway, I'll organize all that and uh, invite you. Gentlemen, thank Thank you so much. That was the Five O'Clock Shadow, populated by Viv Govender from Ransom Swiss and David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.